Good morning, good morning, good morning. It is Thursday, the 15th of September, 2022. It's Thursday, it's 8.35. It can mean only one thing, that it is House of Property Live on Facebook, YouTube, or wherever you happen to get your podcasts. Um, with me this morning is my ever-present co-host, Katie Grifter. Um, Grifter, good morning. Morning. Um. This time last week, we did our podcast in the usual way. And then in the afternoon, it kind of felt like the world changed with the passing of the Queen. Um, And it would be wrong not to start this show without talking about the Queen briefly and just what a phenomenal job she did. And remembering that, you know, you and I have been, you've been in agency since almost as long as the Queen was in reign. And I have been in it quite some time too. And sometimes you think, oh, can't do I want to continue with this job you know do I want to get distracted do I want to try something new that lady for 70 years of her life dedicated the whole of her life to her job and her position her peoples and her nation um with elegance and dignity but the one thing that I loved about the queen is that she didn't get everything right but kept growing and growing into the role that she was doing and um I think that is a remarkable thing and um i was in london yesterday and as funny as it sounds i felt quite honored to be in london yesterday with everything that was going on so um yeah it's been a strange old week kid isn't it it has been a strange old week it's a little bit more kind of somber a little bit more subdued i think really um it's been interesting how um different people have managed it because I think there's a massive outpouring of grief just going on at the moment. I remember um, 25 years ago when Princess Diana sadly um, lost her life and uh, I was in London then and I can remember the feel um, back then. Sadly I can't get to London to to come and pay my respects but I know everyone is doing um, their own little sort of tribute um, and to, to give their best wishes to the whole of the um, the royal family. So so it's very, very sad news. Um, but we obviously, it's God save the king. And that sounds a little bit strange, doesn't it? It's going to take a bit of getting used to. God save the king, to me, feels like you're watching a black and white film with some guys on horseback going into battle. You know, God save the <laughs> king um, as they're doing it. Well, actually, now we say it. And, um, and hopefully... Um, hopefully all things being safe and secure and, and correct, your yeah. children will never sing God Save the Queen. No, I know. And I, I just want to say this. So the Queen had to do her job. So some days you said, right, some days you don't want to do your job. Today you don't want to pull out your big girl pants and get out there. But actually the Queen had to do that, yeah. She didn't have a choice. She didn't say, do you know what? I can't just pull the duvet back over my my head. I'm not going to, I don't feel like working today. Um, I'm going to have a duvet day. She couldn't do that. And actually right up until you know, the last few days of her life, she was there smiling, yeah, and, yeah. and with a sense of humour. And I think that that is, if we can take a couple of things away that actually, do you know what, I don't particularly want to do this, but I'm going to smile, I'm going to put a little bit of humour, uh, a comedy element to it, uh, and I'm going to keep on going. And I think if we can just take a couple of things like that away, um, I think it will it will make our day and it will make things go uh, go smoother. Um, yeah. So some businesses, obviously, we're in we're in black, yeah, um, out yeah. of out of respect. Um, 
my firm um, has put in place that we should all wear this until the official end of, of morning, which is the day after the funeral on Tuesday. Um, and um, but it's all been very, very quick, hasn't it? But I know that there's a there's a process that has to happen in these sad circumstances. But it's been very interesting how different businesses have dealt with, say, for instance, this unexpected bank holiday, which is, is popped up. Another one which is going to be the year of bank holidays. Um, and um, it's just been very interesting how different businesses have dealt with it and I just wanted to mention about Centre Parks because I would say that that's a company that has not dealt with this process very well and then it's got in a massive pickle it's got loads of different spokespeople saying different things and changing the goalposts and it didn't need to be like that it just needed to be one clear message and just to say do you know what it's it's a very sad day it's totally unexpected as it were we've got this bank holiday and this is how we're going to have to deal with it so the majority of businesses if not most of the key ones I believe are are closed and I think that's a mark of respect but it's also giving your team and people families time to actually pay their respects and and mourn in the way that they want to do absolutely and to celebrate her life because one thing that it has done, uh, none of us, have, I mean, none of us, I, mean, I don't know if you ever met the Queen or knew the Queen. Um, I was, it's, it's funny because it's the only one person that was alive until last week that I ever wanted to meet that I'd not met the Queen. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, you know, it, it's an outpouring of grief, but it stirs things inside, doesn't it? It brings back, it feels like, um, feels like you haven't getting a hug off granny anymore it's that kind of thing isn't it it's it is, that, um, it is. It's and there's good. been some some really sad songs and things like that They're just paying tribute to the queen and on friday obviously still very fresh very raw everyone a bit unexpected bit rabbits in the headlights this sudden shock mm. i think that was it shock isn't it um and um so oh, here's it's amanda and jamie on heart radio and they were playing one after the other sad songs and talking people were ringing in saying when they've met the queen i was between valuations Honestly, just literally tears, had to pull over, had to compose myself and just didn't know where that came from. And I think that that's been, a, you know, it's OK to show your feelings. It's all right to have this kind of bit of a, a weepy moment. And I think that that will certainly take place again on Monday. Yeah. So how's your week been apart from that? Oh, it's been good, isn't it? It's good. I mean, I think uh, it's funny because moving on from the Queen slightly, but with that in mind, We've talked a lot about where there's change and opportunity. And if you look in the last two weeks, this country has changed monarch, it's changed prime minister, it's changed head of the Met. Um, things are changing all of the time. Not only are we changing, coming, still coming out of COVID, and I'm fortunate enough to be going off to an F1 race next week after next, and um, their COVID rules are still a little bit back, further back yeah. down the line to where we are. So it's not everywhere in the world, but we're coming out. COVID kind of feels like a forgotten thing now. And um, apart from this, still have some hangovers and attitude changes. And of course, the housing market's changing um, almost week by week at the moment. And uh, and one of the things that I think we have certainly established over the last week is the influence of uh, British media, because this time mm. last week we were all concerned for the housing market um, because of the fact that um, the cost of living crisis was there and what was and were people going to be able to afford to move, live in their homes and heat their homes. And um, and I know that the prime minister has addressed that in a certain way, um, but the media has not talked about it for a week because it has a bigger story to talk about. And all of a sudden people have forgotten about it. So it just shows you how strong the British media is. Um, but where there's change and opportunity and the market's changing at a heck of a rate at the moment and things yeah. are, you know, I talk to agents all the time and 
and and people who are on the market, vendors and purchasers. And one week they're telling me it's manic, the next week is telling me it's quiet. Um, or you know, August was quiet, September's gone off like a bang. I was with some agents in London yesterday, some very good agents in London yesterday, talking about the seasonal trends and how it felt that um they were back. Um and that we'd seen a, a gathering of momentum going into spring and then quieting over the summer holidays and then a growing into September, um, that old-fashioned M in the marketplace. So, um, hmm. it, but it was interesting. I, I was with some young, uh, some estate agents that hadn't, some of the group hadn't been in the industry very long. And they were all very sort of like, it's going to get bad next year. Bad, really bad. Um, and it's like... You don't know what bad is, mate. You know what I mean? We could calm you down a little bit. I was one of those trainers that said it was bad in 2007. It's not bad now. You'll be okay. Um, So a question to you. Are we going into a challenging market? Are we going into a bad market? Are we remaining in a good market? Are we just going back to normal conditions? Where where, where the bloody hell are we, Grifter? Get your (laughs) crystal ball out, tempt it, Peg. Do you know what? I think we're already in it. And actually, we are in, we've transitioned into a normal market. It's not a challenging market. This is how it was in 2015, 2017, 2019. This Mm -hmm. this is what it's like. And it's back to good old-fashioned agency. Um, Things we've talked about on the show before, picking up the phone, you know, um, being proactive, not reactive, getting to that phone call before your client calls you, delivering no news is good news. Um, It's all of those things. And actually, do you know what? If we've got to pull our socks up a little bit and do agency a bit better, I think we all can, you know? And actually, that's what we need to be doing. But it's differentiation, isn't it? It's it's wearing the red trousers to, to the... To the to the valuation, it's um, it's standing out. It's being a bit different, so we don't all get judged solely on our fees. Yeah, yes. you know. So it's you've absolutely got to put yourself forward as that trusted estate agent. You know, the professional one. That's that's what you totally have to do, and 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 it's differentiating. So tough, challenging question of the week, Martin. What is the top three things that you would do to differentiate yourself from your competition. Oh, you blighter. That's um, that's good, isn't it? And what would I do differently? Three okay, three things. So um, two sensible, one fun. First on, one, go. I literally think I'll stop ahead here. Um, first one would be around contact. I'd be, right. I would be, um, if I'm going to do a market appraisal, the last thing I do is book the market appraisal and then wait until arriving at the market appraisal. I would be doing lots and lots of activity with that vendor, sending stuff, potential vendor, sending stuff digitally, hard copy, knock on the door, whatever it may be, um, make a telephone call before the appointment. So I would okay. be so touch points. Touch points. Touch points okay. pre-MA. Touch points. All right. So that's, that's the first one. Second one, second one, second one, second one is might sound obvious, but I think it is a point of difference because I'm not sure everybody does. I'd turn up 10 minutes early, I'd have a clean car, I'd have everything ready to go, and I'd be looking the dog's danglies to make <laughs> sure that I look like I'm not saying wearing a suit and what have you, but I'd be where I'd, I'd be the agent of choice, I would be the persona of the agent that they want to choose. Okay, and the third thing is I'd take biscuits. <laughs> very simply i'd take biscuits you don't keep a waistline the size of mine sweetheart without eating biscuits of the day you know, so. and actually joking apart that 
is a differentiator. That sets yeah. you apart because I can absolutely guarantee that not a single agent would take biscuits. In fact, I've never taken biscuits on evaluation, but I'm so going to do that now. Um, it's little things. So we talked obviously about the, the queen um, and her comedy and her sense of humor. And actually, that's one of the ways that you could bring that in just to differentiate, isn't it? I really like that. That's really, that's good. really good. I like. You that. mentioned something that is one of my most passionate things in the state agency ever a moment ago. Um, fees. Fees, yes. fees, fees. Um, and we have this bizarre thing around fees and agents um, in the fact that you've got the fee conversation, which if you're not training well, you're not practicing it, you're not role-playing it, you turn around and you have a brilliant uh, market appraisal. You do you talk about the price, that's great. You're getting on really, really well. Mm -hmm. But you mention the fee and the atmosphere goes from hero to zero. And you think, yeah. get me out of here. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Even worse, you turn and say, and my fee is, and it's like a X factor moment. You take it sharp in, take a breath, <gasps> cross your fingers and toes and say, boom, two and a half percent. And they go, ah, oh. sometimes I go, okay. Um, or even worse, you turn around and you say, my fee is two and a half percent, but I can negotiate. Oh, no. Um, and it's Strong like, delivery. Don't, don't do this. Don't do this. And um, fees are massively important. And yeah. actually... People say to me, agents say to me, well, they won't pay my fee. Such and such will do it around the corner for half a percent, three quarters of a percent. Here's my challenging question to you. I can tell you the answer to this for me is yes, categorically. <laughs> Would you walk away from a piece of business because they will not pay the fee that you are asking? Yes or no? I would say that depends. It depends on a number yes, of things. Yes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, well... No, I wouldn't walk away because we as agents are very competitive. Yeah. And we yes. look at it. We don't necessarily, and we should, we don't necessarily look at it on the basis of actually, I can't make any money. It's not a profitable situation if I do that. It's a loss leader, whatever. We turn around and go, I'm not letting that mm -mm, have that. I want that listing. And we turn on that competitive thing. We have the sort of mist descends over our eyes and we go, yes, I will. And then <laughs> afterwards, you go, oh, for God's sake, the feed was rubbish. You know, and, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Those that do cheap fees cause you a load of grief. Yes. 80% of the bother that happens in your life comes from 20% of your clients. And I categorically tell, remind you, go and look at them. The ones that are giving you grief at the moment, they'll be on the cheap fee. Yeah. So, oh, so definitely. It's totally counterproductive to be taking okay. on cheap fees. Now, yes. what I would suggest is that you have you done your job properly as an estate agent if you're being challenged on fee and you've not convinced them? To quote one of those trainers out there at the moment yeah. um, who talks about fees a lot in a very successful course that he runs, I've failed to convince you that I'm worth my fee. What? Let me, conti let me continue to try and convince you. Um, I worked for a gentleman once who told me as a very minimum, I should defend, 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 capitulate on the fee. <laughs> But if you go through defend, 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 then you'll fend off 75%. And yeah. he was a bit but, like you. The competitiveness has to mean you have to, you have to take it. it. It's like you said, if the client is coming back going, actually, do you know what? I really like you, Katie, and I'd really like to work with you. But actually, the other agent's 0.75%. Um, so that means, you know, and you're 1.25. Um, and that that gap is too big. Well, them, have you? 
Yeah, well, you can negotiate your fees, but actually it's back to, like you said, I failed to convince you. Don't forget, I do all of these things. It's differentiation again, isn't it? Differentiation. Okay, I'm going to take you there, though. So you've defended, you've defended, you've defended, and they still turn around and say, I'd like to use you, Martin, but I'm going to go with the other agent because it's 0.75%. I'm telling you, at that point, I would walk away. I would at 0.75%, definitely. Because why... Two two reasons. Yeah. One, I'm being disloyal to the team and myself yeah. because I'm downgrading the value of the business. When that sales progression is going being kicked off all over the place and they realize only 0.75%, have I done my job properly within my team? Nope. Secondly, um, it's disloyal to my other clients that are paying yes. one and a quarter percent yeah. that are that are working with me, not working against me. So it's just fundamentally unethical, in my word in my world, to be taking on cheap fees. Absolutely. And actually, we Boom. talk about the race to the bottom um, and yeah. actually how hard it is with the cost of living. We haven't had anything announced just yet with the businesses. I gather that may come 20th, 21st of September, but everything has gone up. It's a, it's a challenge, isn't it? Now, I've it's about been... about £15 for a pint, sweetheart. Surely someone will pay one and a half percent. Jesus. Now, I've been reviewing um, my plan that I put together for January um, uh, at the beginning of the year and to see kind of like what I put down as my challenges, what the things I had to do uh, and what my worries were. And actually what was really quite interesting was all the kind of risks, the challenges that I thought were going to be an issue this year. Not one of them has come out. And again, I think this is down to you've got to plan and commit. And you've got to do what you say you're going to do. But you can't worry about the things that you can't change. And just revisiting my plan there made me think about I put, committed to paper the things that were really worrying me. And one of those was like a challenging market, a house price crash. Well, actually, do you know that hasn't happened? We're already in this transitioned market. Um, but I was worrying about things that with looking back, you shouldn't have worried about. What are the things you are worrying about at the minute? <laughs> What am I worried about in it? Well, I think it's um, my main concern from a housing market point of view. My main concern yeah. is the transaction levels, right. because people talk about what's going on with prices, and is our prices going up? Our prices is going down. Well, actually, that doesn't make an impact on us as estate agents. Mm -hmm. You know, it was you, because people will have to move if prices are going up or prices are going down. People will see motivation if prices are going up or prices are going down. But if you don't have house transactions and the pie gets smaller, the table manners have to change. Um, and I think transaction levels, I feel transaction levels will drop this yeah. year and next year. So it's to what level transaction levels tend to drop and therefore how you adapt your service to combat that. So that would be, mm -hmm. but equally, and we were talking about this yesterday as well. You can only control what you can control. So transaction levels drop. You can't control that. You can't make more people okay. uh, move house on a grand scale. I think there is an argument, say, that you, and perhaps we can talk on about this in a second, that you can disturb somebody into yeah. market and, and get them to come to market by disturbing them. But you can't affect how many transactions there are in the country. Um, okay. But what you can do is how many you're dealing with. And what your strategies are to make sure that you are attractive to people coming to the market with you, what you are doing to make sure that you are reducing fall through rates, what you are doing to keep advising clients in a changing market, 
And that's the interesting part of agency, isn't it? When falling off a log, people say it's been an, an easier market to go into a challenging market. It was only six months ago we were turning around and saying that, oh, everyone's a bit tired. It's been really hard. Everyone's working very hard because they're doing 30 viewings for a property. And now they want 30 viewings for a property. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So maybe as agents, we just don't know what we want. Um, it's never easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. A, a yeah. few people have tried. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, it would... Nothing worth having comes easy, does it? No, and that's totally that's that's totally correct. And I just think that you've got to um, you've got to get out there and do it. It is blimmin' hard work, yeah. In in a business, we we can't have that kind of woke attitude. You've got to get out there and do it. You've got to what's the what's they got? Um, eat what you kill, isn't it? Kill what you eat. Kill what Run you with eat. The zebras. But yeah, you know, go on. Tell us about your um, lion savannah um example about defending your fees because i like okay, so the point being here is that you can defend your fees by strategy defend 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 capitulate but also you need to be making sure that you see the right opportunity and pounce on it and let me take you back to david attenborough's um programs about the savannah on the desert and you can see the steam rising from the sand and there's a pack of lions in the corner in the shadow of this one sole tree in the middle of the savannah. And this pack of lions have got warthogs and rabbits running around them. And every so often a, a lion will get up, a lioness or a lion will get up and kill a warthog. And that warthog will feed that lion for a day. But then a zebra arrives on the horizon and starts to walk past the pack of lions. And the lions pounce on the zebra, kill it, and they have food for a week. So they're far better off spending their time and energy killing zebras that feed them for a week than the calorie-deficient exercise of killing a warthog. Um, so we switch that into being estate agents. Yeah. Who are our zebras? Who are the people that when they arrive on the telephone at a viewing it, during a conversation that we stop what we're doing, we put our pens down and we decide we are going to kill you because we'll feed for a week? <laughs> Is that a landlord of multiple properties? Is that a solicitor that gives lots of probate work out? Yeah. Is that a motivated seller that's going to come to the market next week at the right price in a red hot street. What is it in your business that makes your zebra stop what you're doing and go and kill it? <laughs> so this is planning and committing again, isn't it? And key and key client profiling. So who is your key client that you really want to attract? Because that is going to feed you for a week. So this week, I have been having quite a few landlords coming to me um, sort of saying, saying um, I want to uh, want to use your services. Uh, have you got a checklist of information um, that you need to provide when you're kind of switching or if you're going from self-managed to, to a managed service? OK, and I was thinking about this and thought, Do you know what, I'll just I'll have a look on my website and see and, and see what I've got. And actually nothing on my website answered that particular question okay so mm. then that led me to go well hang on a minute I know I've got to make some tweaks on my website but let me look and see um, what other agents websites have got and if they've got a particular section on switching agents what I do advice nowhere when I googled it there was nothing there was information from which 
um, th but nothing else, advising and guiding someone who owns a, a property that they want to rent out, how to get in touch with an agent, the information the agent would need. Okay. And that led me to, to think um, about websites. Okay. And actually we've got great websites, but they're not doing what they should be doing because the website should really be answering the questions that a potential client or an existing client needs to answer. Okay. And I found quite a good um, bit of information on Pinterest this week about websites and, and just particularly about your about page. And it basically says your about page isn't about you. It's about your ideal client and the problem they are facing and how you are there to make their life better. Oh, love so, that. That's your I'm zebra, isn't it? How do you appeal to your zebra? Again. Yeah. So your about page isn't about you. It's about your ideal client and the problem they are facing and how you are there to make their life better. And actually, you could use that not just on your about page on your website. You could use that when you're pitching for business. You can use that when you are giving a vendor review. Um, when you're touching base, you're giving feedback because everyone has got a problem that we need a solution to. Uh, why aren't we jumping in front of the camera and, and doing a frequently asked question? You know, why haven't we made our websites come alive like that? Why aren't we putting this out on our social media? Because again, this is another differentiator. Yes. So um, let's come back to what we were saying last week, which is a really good episode. So had some really lovely feedback. So thank you for everybody who reached good. out to, to give us some nice feedback. Um, but we are problem solvers. That's what you were yeah. saying last week, wasn't it? That our yeah. job, our industry is an industry of problem solvers. Yeah. Um, and therefore, giving the answers on your website is a really good way of doing it. And the thing is, we're all about detail, Griffith. Certainly you and I, it's all about process and detail. It was making me think, do you know what is the most detail-orientated ocean in the world? The most no. detailed-orientated ocean in the world? The Pacific Specific, specific. I knew, I knew there was a joke, joke coming. I knew there'd be something in there. I knew there'd be something in there. So last week we talked about, didn't we, out of office, and we've had lots of feedback from people going, do you know what? Putting that little bit of comedy to it, putting yes. a little bit of humour, really, really great. So that led us to, to sort of be chatting, wasn't it, about some of the emails that we're receiving and how kind of dry and droll some of those emails are and actually what a difference it would make in someone's day because it is hard. Everything's hard at the minute. It's all a bit tough. Um, what about instead of just saying, thank you for the email, da, 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 we just go, good morning. I hope you're having a great day. Or you sign it off yeah. going, I hope you had a great day. The sun is shining it's going to be a great, you know, just be more positive and be a bit more friendly, add an element of humor into your, into your emails. And I think that just putting something like that across sets it up instead of being a straightforward business email. Obviously, always do the spell check, make sure it all looks great, but add a little bit of humor. We're all about the humor this week because we need to think also that it's just manners, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. And actually making the person, it goes back. I tell you what, this reminds me of uh, Lady Heights. Jan Heights always taught me um, with the, the Maya Angelou um, quote, is that people get, forget? Get your words out, Martin. Get well, your words say, out. I was going to say Maya Jenner, but it's not her. Um, the people forget what you did, they forget what you said, but they never forget how they made you feel. And maybe this week, more than ever, we've had that lesson brought to us. You know, you speak to people who have spoken to the Queen, and the first question that she would ask is, "Have you come far?" Because that would start a conversation about the person that she's talking to. So. Yeah. 
that's just manners, isn't it? And just making somebody feel comfortable. And people forget what you said, they forget what you did, but they never forget how you made them feel. So even yeah. on email, is what you're saying, is that they'll forget that you asked them how they were or how their week's going so far. Yeah. Um, but they'll perhaps remember how you made them feel and how an email from you is always jolly and upbeat and have a sense, a slight quip or sense of humour in it or just some manners that ask, how are you? And What's yeah. your week doing? Are you looking forward to the weekend? What have you got planned this weekend? You know, your weekend normally starts on a Thursday. So, you know, it's kind of gin and tonics at 11. So it's... Um, <laughs> if only. <laughs> only, if only. Um, but do you know what I mean? It's that kind of thing, isn't it? Just being polite and yeah. asking about what, inquiring about the other person. Yeah. So things like, I've got just a couple that I've jotted down. So I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're doing well. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your help. Yeah. Yes. Just be appreciative. Um, it's great to hear from you. Yeah. I'm just checking in. Just checking in. Yes. Just checking. People think, oh, that's nice. And just checking in. Even if you're a bit more formal and say, I hope this email finds you well. At least it's a bit more than just, please, can I have this information? Doc. <laughs> So just to wrap up this week's show, we've been a little bit about the humour because we've got a very sombre things to get through and it's been a very, very different and challenging week um, and we've still got more, more to come. Um, we've talked about would you lose a property on a fee alone and that's always an interesting and challenging debate. We talked about differentiating yourself um, and we've talked about disturbing people to get them to move. Um, we've not touched base about media power and I think we're going to talk about that more about how you can talk the market down. Um, we don't want to do that but how journalists um, very much can take control and, and shape uh, people, clients, feelings and thoughts about what's happening with the property market. Um, next week, we're going to talk more about what we should be doing with our teams, doing monthly one-to-ones. We're going to talk more about planning and committing, and we're going to talk about business ethics as well. So you would be mad to miss out on that. So as usual, next Thursday, 8.35 a.m., some of us might be in London. We might be live together in the same room, might we, Martin? But we might not. But anyway, we hope you're going to look forward to it. We hope you have a great week. We hope Monday's going to be good. Let's do it again next week. Take care. Oh. <laughs>